Welcome to episode 32 of Cartel Conversations, the podcast of the Micro Model Railroad Cartel and the Micro Model Railway Dispatch Easing. Joining me tonight is Dispatch Editor Ian Holmes. Hey, we're down to 30 days to finish building the layout for the Christmas Challenge. How's your build going, Ian? Oh, well, um, yeah. Ah. Well, I am hoping to get a bit more work done to it uh, soon, like as soon as I've got Trainfest out of the way. And yeah, I was having a bit of a doubt of whether it was actually going to be finished in time. But I think if I really buckled down over the next couple of weeks, the week before and the week after Thanksgiving, you know, I think I might really be able to get something done to it. I might be able to uh, might be able to get it in a very, very presentable state. Uh, but otherwise, uh, did we want to make an executive decision and extend the deadline? Well, that is tempting, but uh, I think we're going to go ahead and stick to the deadline. <laughs> I'm not sure that would fly since you and I are not doing real well because it looks like I'm not going to finish uh-huh. by the deadline. But, you know, there's still a couple of weeks left and I, I might get motivated to do some work on it again. So we'll see in the next week or so. It's not going to take too long. I did actually pick up some supplies a couple of weeks ago. I got some static grass that I wanted and I think I'm going to go with maybe an autumn scene. So I've mm-hmm. got the supplies to do that now it's just whether i've got the time or willing to make the time so we'll see how it goes but i figure if, if i don't get it finished it's no big deal hopefully uh, we'll have uh, several entries i haven't been seeing much although i have to admit i've been off facebook for a while this uh, past month so uh, hopefully uh, people are uh, still gearing up and uh, mm-hmm. maybe posting some updates how are things going over on the uh, cartel uh, Joe Gil Martin down in Florida there. He's um, he's been posting a couple of pictures uh, lately and uh, hats off to Joe because uh, his his house is like in the path of uh, Hurricane Ian. Hopefully everything's going well with that. And, and yeah, he's his, yeah, back his, in order. His house survived. And um, I think most of his his house survived his uh, model railroad room survived most of his model railroad equipment survived and uh, he doesn't blame me personally for the hurricane so that's good because i've known joe a long time so. <laughs> yeah. glad things are looking up there for sure so are you ready for your upcoming exhibition especially for uh, train fest is that all ready to roll or how's it going well yeah i'm uh, two-thirds of the way through my uh three shows in four weeks so uh, first up was uh, railroad days at randolph in randolph minnesota which is a show i'd never actually heard of before but it's been going about 15 years or so and uh, i was approached by somebody at the saint cloud train show at, in easter and uh, they asked me if i'd go down there and i uh, thought oh i've never been to randolph before i don't even know where it is but they have in the fall, they have this Railroad Days Festival because the railroad runs through Randolph. That's their little festival, Railroad Days, and they have a big train, two-day train show. This is a little town of, like, less than a 1,000 people in the middle of nowhere, and they have a two-day train show in the school gymnasium. And what a great little show it is, you know. It's 
super little show. It's the school is a good, goodly sized one, and they have two gymnasiums, and they have one gymnasium put over for layouts, another gymnasium put over for for traders. So I mean, you can see it's a goodly sized show, and I think there's like about eleven, eleven, twelve layouts there. Very little of it was of any interest to me as a micro layout builder there was mm. lots of little there was little things in some of the layouts that i saw and i thought oh that's an idea and uh, i'd like to incorporate that in a in a layout and uh, you'll be able to read about uh, that in the dispatch coming up in in the winter issue of the dispatch but what was really really special was i got to meet a man called dr ed buckwall now, he was a uh, professor in geology at um, the uh, university in um, in Northfield. What's it? What's it? What's the university in Northfield? Called? Oh, God, I can't remember. Hang on. Stop. And I'll just Google that and find out what the university was in Northfield. Can you hear my keyboards? <laughs> Northfield University, which is here? It's uh, Carlton. Carlton University there in Northfield, Minnesota. He was like a professor of geology there. He had a micro layout there. He had really? a small four foot by one foot, three two two ON thirty ingle nook there on on display. And I was I was captivated. I mean, I was captivated and he was captivated when he came over and saw my layout because he thought that he was the only person in the state of Minnesota who was doing micro layout modeling. Surprise. (laughs) It's amazing that in a small town in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota, I came across another micro layout modeler. That was just something quite wonderful he had a a really nice layout i mean i'm sharing pictures of it in the uh, forthcoming issue of the dispatch and uh, yes it was super nice to meet ed great guy he'd got a little display there with his layout and he was he had carl's books there and i picked up one of the books and said you do know i've got some plans in this book don't you Mm -hmm. yes you do he just i looked through and i showed him and he had me autograph one of them there you go. So, so, like extreme, <laughs> extremely embarrassed there, but very honoured that he uh, asked me, and it was super to meet him. Great, great guy, and I hope that I run into him again uh, at Randolph Railroad Days uh, next year. So, Excellent. Well, how'd your layout do? The layout did great. The layout ran fantastic. I was taking the upper box layout, the British oak. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. British oak like loading layout, and uh, I, I I ran it the first day as an American layout, and I ran it the second day as a British layout. That, I mean, the layout ran. It did. It ran absolutely perfectly for two Excellent. days. It re- so I was really really pleased with that. The only kind of like problem we have is like it's the. Um, or jennies that we use in the mm-hmm. in the u.s outline mode and you know they can be a bit because they're like short wheelbase and they've got their bogey and they've got short wheelbases on the bogeys the wheels can can be a little bit awkward to 
get those to re-rail, you know. And oh, mm-hmm. I think well, I think my wife was having a little bit of a stress about it at times because she couldn't get it on the get the uh, items on the track. So, uh, so on the second day, we went over to like the British Outline, which was just four-wheel wagons, and they went on the track a lot easier. Gotcha. And so, so that was that was cool. It went really well. So I was re- really confident about um, going the, the coming shows. And like last weekend, I was in St. Cloud, Minnesota at the uh, Granite City train show. Mm-hmm. And oh, God, the layout couldn't have behaved any worse if it tried. Is this the same layout or is this a different same layout? Oh, you know, my. I have been exhibiting train shows in America for like nearly 20 years, probably. Mm-hmm. And before that, you know, I was I've been showing layouts since I was in my 20s and I have never had wires to the track come on soldered. Really? The soldered joint break. In 20 plus years, I've never had that happen before. It happened twice in St. Cloud. Did you bring tools to do any oh, kind of yeah. repairs for that? Okay. okay. Oh, yes. I always carry a soldering iron just in case. But yeah, there were so many nigglings, little things that weren't working properly. Things that had worked perfectly in Randolph did not work in St. Cloud. It was extremely frustrating. Don't know what on earth the problems were. I mean, the layout had developed a um, a list. You know, I, was like, I have I have the layout marked. I have positions marked on the baseboard for where the uh, supports need to go because I have the layout resting on a couple of like those milk crate storage totes. Mm-hmm. The position of those is marked so that the layout lies flat. Didn't work this time. Even hmm. though I had everything lined up perfectly, it didn't work. So. Did you have some warping in the upper box? I or? I, yeah, I know. It didn't look like it. Okay. I just don't know. Just don't know what was in Maybe it did. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like it was immensely frustrating. You know? And if I hadn't had my Neath the Christmas Tree layout there, which now has, by the way, a model of that Lionel standard gauge train and a couple of coaches going around. So how did that go? So you got that. I know you were working on that. So you got that. You were able to get that finished and bring it to the show. Yeah. Yeah. And it worked. It worked excellently. How was the reception to it? Oh, gosh, Tom, people love that to death. Yeah, it is. They absolutely adore it they really really do you know and the fact that now i've got trains that are a little bit bigger than last year's the what i used last year they're a bright red color with gold trim on them and don't ask me how i managed to get the gold trim on these little locomotives that that, that are like no more than like an inch long don't ask me how i do it because i don't know how i did it but peep a this and they absolutely love it and now it's going to be even better next year when i get the polar express running on it because i've been i started working on doing a polar express that's what i Uh, thought you were doing and then i noticed the lionel standard gauge you had sent something on facebook messaging to me a a while back that you were working on that and i thought well i thought 
I thought, oh, well, well, he's doing something else there. So, but you are working still on a puller. Oh, yeah, I'm still working on it. Well, what's easier, Tom, to do a Berkshire 484 steam lo- locomotive or a box cab electric? A box cab electric. <laughs> so, yeah. so I actually found some fun little details in Michael's. Michael's stocks like Doll's House. Mm-hmm. Doll's house furniture items, some little things. I got, a, I found a plate of cookies. There you go. Which I thought they were. I thought they were like really cool, and you can get books and bookshelves and things like that. And you can get some really neat stuff in Michaels, and so I'll probably add a few more bits to the scene over the next year or so before it gets shown next are October. You, are you not uh, taking it to Trainfest? Oh yes, taking it to Trainfest. Oh, yes, okay. indeed. And, yes. and what is Trainfest? That should be coming up soon, isn't it? Glory and I are heading over to Trainfest on Friday. We're heading over to Milwaukee oh, wow. on That's Friday, oh, the, okay. which is the 11th, and the show is the 12th and 13th of November. So if you're planning on getting this podcast out before then, Tom, I will tell everybody who's listening to this to come up and say hello at Trainfest because I would love to see you. Well, this is Tuesday the 8th, so I'll do my best to do the editing and try to get that out in time for that. So hopefully we'll get that out before uh, this weekend. Maybe Thursday if everything works well. My wife and I have been working very hard on the layout since we got home on Saturday. You know, I took Saturday night off and then we had I started work at it on Sunday. You know, I've leveled the track out and uh, relayed some track, resoldered some joints and... uh, the wife has um, been working on figures for the layout. So uh, hopefully, you know, touch wood, we will have a successful train fest. We will see. The Micro Model Railway Dispatch is the journal for those interested in the designing, building and operating of Micro Model Railway layouts. Released four times a year and full of inspirational layouts and articles, it's your gateway to the world of micro layouts. The dispatch is free and available for download from micromodelrailwaydispatch.com. There you can download the current and all back issues. You can also show your appreciation and support for the magazine's future through buymeacoffee.com. In addition, you can be placed on the mailing list to access the magazine early by contacting the editor at mmrdeditor at gmail.com. The traditional time for working on model railway projects is usually over the winter months here in the U.S. and in North America. For me, my Christmas Challenge micro layout will be on my to-do list this season, but even if I don't finish it in time to enter the contest, which official entry will be December 1st. Outside of that, I don't have any new micro layout build projects in the works or even in planning right now. Uh, My Water Out Food Services micro uh, needs to have its scenery refreshed. The scenery is going to be seven years old in February. Wow. And it's Mm -hmm. starting to look a little dull in spots. And uh, Mm -hmm. some of it, even though it's, when I'm not using it, I usually have it sealed in a Rubbermaid container. So it's not exposed to sunlight or anything like that. But It needs to be uh, refreshed a little bit, so I need to do some scenery refreshing. And I'm giving some thought to creating a new uh, backdrop for it, actually creating a photo backdrop. I've got some uh, images from 
the location. I'm kind of with my Heron Micro and even my Owensville terminal layout. I've I've gotten a little better with printing out uh, photos on uh, my inkjet printer and coming up with uh, background images. So I'm thinking about going ahead and making a new backdrop. The original is made out of foam core, and you know over the years it's warped and you know when it's glued it, and painted, it has a tendency to to warp a bit. I'm thinking about using some eighth inch masonite, something a little more sturdy, mm-hmm. and put together a photo backdrop and just update a little bit with the, uh, you know, for more of a photo realism in the background. But I'm going to look at that over this winter and uh, maybe do a change there. And I think I'm going to go ahead and set up uh, after Christmas. I'm going to take the, um, you know, every year I always set up my, I have a Christmas village and my little mm-hmm. Lionel yeah. trolley car I set up. So after I take that down, I'm going to go ahead and uh, got to rearrange some furniture in my layout room, but I'm going to, set up my bench work so I can set up my uh, wet or out food services. And I think I'm just going to set it up and operate it this winter uh, during mm-hmm. the cold months. Uh, uh-huh. they're, they're saying on the farmer's almanac and, and whether things were supposed to have a cold snowy winter this year, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I don't do a lot in the winter time. So I thought that'd be a good opportunity to get yeah. out and, and operate a little bit. Got a question for you. Any winter projects on the drawing board? Oh, well, uh, I, I'm not going to say at the minute. I'm going to say that I hope to be making an announcement about future projects in the winter issue of the dispatch because I've got a few ideas lined up and uh, there are things that I'm not prepared to talk about at the moment uh, that you and I have discussed off recording. But uh, things are going to be happening next year, so I'm going to be very busy. I've got some exciting ideas lined up got a project or two planned that i would like to fit in with fit in with the dispatch i don't write a lot for the dispatch i put it all down to the contributors i've contributed one layout in eight issues so uh, i don't like to blow my own trumpet about anything you know it's it's all for the contributors but uh i've got some ideas for some work for the dispatch next year so that's what i'm going to be doing in the winter issue of the dispatch i'm going to be making an announcement about that i thought i'd blow my trumpet a bit (laughs) there are a couple of other things that uh, i'd like to mention and uh First off, uh, there is the the sad, sad passing of uh, Ian Rice. Uh, the uh, t- I think it's actually quite fair to call him a titan of the uh, model railway world. He's a man who has uh, really made quite the impression, left quite the mark on the world of the hobby you know and uh, I, I remember him back in the uh, late 1970s early 1980s I saw his first layouts in uh, in magazines back model, model railway news there's a long gone magazine from the UK history and uh, he was always picking unique subjects to model whether it's the prototype or the the locomotive yeah and a great eye for things you know and uh yeah i remember layouts like trigaric was that the first one that i saw that was 
with weird like Nielsen boxy locomotives and stuff like that yeah and there was layouts like uh, Butley Mills and Orford Key and these were like in in the UK modelling scene these are pretty much like legendary model railways fine scale model railways and they appeared in, in, in appeared in some of his like many many books and uh, you know these were fine fine layouts and if he hadn't made any other layouts other than like Orford Key and Butley Mills he would have been noted as a very fine railway modeler but I mean it's what he did after that you know, he uh, he re- basically he revolutionised the world of model railway design. Uh, I mean, he didn't do this single-handedly, of course. I mean, he um, pulled everything together, everything that everybody around him was doing. People like Bob Barlow and Barry Norman, people like that. He pulled everything that everything that these people were doing. He pulled it together and made it into like a coherent whole. You know, uh, he, he put all that, all everybody else's ideas into his books. And yeah, he was the first person to like really explain how we could take from theatrical design. You know, we've talked about um, proscenium arches and view blocks and stuff like that. I mean, these are terms that we take for granted today. And these were like brand new, exciting terms he introduced to us by this was like in what the 80s and the 90s and this is before i came to the us so it'd be the 80s and 90s so many people bit on this and took it on you know around the world this is this is one of the great things you know it's like i remember being at a train show in st paul and i had one of my layouts there and it was like boxed in with the frame and everything and the, and the guy came up to me and said you must be ian rice and, you know, I was like, no, no, I'm not that good. You know, I was extremely, extremely embarrassed about that. But, uh, you know, it's really cool, though, to think that here I was in St. Paul, Minnesota, and there was a guy who wanted to talk to me, thought I was Ian Rice, and wanted to talk to me about Ian Rice's ideas. And there's people do that all the time even in like uh, st cloud last week and randolph two weeks before that people knew who ian rice was and about his contributions to the model railway hobby that was so cool you know he wrote, wrote so many books he wrote books for wild swan publications in the uk he wrote books for comeback here in the usa that's how his ideas got taken up by American modelers. I mean, it was just great that to see these great ideas, these great theories about presentation and stuff be taken on, you know, and it was, it's a sad, sad loss, his, uh, his passing. Well, I really enjoyed his track plan designs and drawings. His drawings were something that was just very inspiring to me when mm-hmm. he would take a track plan and even his track plan drawings when he do a straight on look at his track plan and then he draw the three-dimensional drawing mm-hmm. it was just very inspiring you'd look at it and you go i want to build that yeah i did that with several of his uh track plans but there was one in particular that i came very close to building and i actually uh, years ago i got rid of all my old uh Kambach, uh model railroader magazines i had boxes of these I had like 30 years of model yeah. magazines that I, 
I finally sent to the recycle center because I, what I did was I went through and took out some of my favorite articles and things. So mm-hmm. I saved those, but I had one from Ian that was called Katie in the weeds. And it was actually a Minnesota branch line that uh, was an article that appeared in model railroader uh-huh. and kind of a room size, like a 10 by 12 room size layout. But I just love the concept drawing that he mm-hmm. had. And it's one that I I've kept. And it's one that if I ever had the room, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. It's just one that I always thought would be a, a cool one. And then yeah. a, one issue of model railroad planning from Tony Custer, there was one called the Virginia teardrop that I yeah. came close to building here at this house believe it or not one piece of furniture that my wife insisted had to go in this room uh killed that plan so <laughs> but those were both ian rice inspired track plans but uh, i will say this for me i'm i'm going to miss him very much and uh, i really enjoyed his work and I, i'm sure everyone else who enjoyed his work is going to miss him too so mm-hmm. really sorry to hear that he's passed and condolences to his family and his friends and all who admired him and then there's another big announcement a a week or two ago that could have an effect on micro layout modelers i mean basically it could have a effect around the world but initially in the uk and that's the introduction of uh, a new scale by uh, hornby hornby trains and that's the introduction of tt 120 scale now for those who don't know tt or tabletop i mean tt goes back to the 1950s originally. I mean, TT has been around in Europe for a long time. In Eastern Bloc countries, TT was actually quite popular. It's a scale of two and a half millimeters to the foot, so it's smaller than HO and larger than N. Sits halfway between the two, basically. And uh, it's a really nice scale. The size of things, they just, a locomotive just sits in your hand very nicely. TT was first originally uh, released in the UK in late 1950s. You know, we have like double O and the HO scale disconnect with model railways between the UK and the US and Europe. It's the same with TT. Because Britain had like a smaller loading gauge for their railways, they couldn't fit motors for locomotives in the bodies and this smaller scale. So they had to make their locomotives to a slightly larger scale so that you could fit motors inside boilers and things like that. And that's why HO scale is 3.5 millimeters to the foot and double O is four millimeters to the foot. Here, you know, TT was 2.5 millimeters to the foot in Europe and in UK it was three millimeters to the foot. So TT back in the 1950s was TT3. Oh gosh, it was such a gorgeous score. Even at three millimeters to the foot, these locomotives were gorgeous. They just sat in your hand and you felt that it was a perfect size, a perfect scale. Unfortunately, it didn't take off back in the 1950s in the UK because N-scale was just around the corner and N-scale was even smaller. So it lost out. And by the mid 1960s, maybe even the early 1960s, it was done. Hornby stopped, Triang stopped making TT. There were a great amount of collectors of TT in the in the UK and some 
went and started fine scale modeling, they would lay their lay their track to like the more correct 14.2 millimeter track gauge as opposed to 12 millimeter track gauge was what TT should be. And the TT Gauge Society is actually quite a popular scale for scratch builders in the UK. TT was very much a fringe thing in the UK. It's very much a fringe thing in the US as well. You can get TT US outline stock locomotives and stock. In fact, we've had uh, I've had a TT scale US outline layout in a dispatch. It's all made by Eastern Europeans, I believe, and uh, but you can can buy it, but it's very much a fringe scale. But now been a lot of changes over the past few years, what with COVID and everything. People's hobbies have changed. You know, the um, marketing director there at Hornby, Simon Kohler, he'd noticed this. He'd noticed that families were working together on projects. I mean, heck, even my wife and I do. I mean, we we, work, we do work on the model railways together. We've, uh, we've done Lego projects together. I mean, this is what covid did it brought families together working on hobbies and things like that and so he put hornby's efforts making a complete range of tt we've got locomotives coaches wagons track all kinds of scenic doodads and everything but everything you need to build a model railway because this is like a small scale you know smaller than double oho but bigger than n you know it takes up a lot less room than than your double O or your HO. And so that's the thing. Houses in the UK are generally quite small, you know, so they don't have room. They're having less and less room for layouts in four millimeter scale. And so he sees a gap in the market for TT. So Hornby are putting a lot of effort into TT trains in the UK. So um, I'm really excited about this myself, not because, not only because TT is such a perfect sign. When I was uh, listening to Simon talk about TT, he was pushing the space-saving aspects of the scale. He even several times mentioned building a layout on a windowsill. You know, he actually mentioned end-to-end layouts. And Hornby are a train set manufacturer. They get most of their money from, like, the train set brigade. You know, the eight-foot-before-foot ping-pong table layout that uh, the model railroader will have every January. You know, that's the kind of thing where they get their money from. To all of a sudden find a major model railway manufacturer pushing space-saving and actually mentioning space-saving end-to-end layouts, I thought that was a really, really interesting thing. And, you know, I think TT is going to take off in the UK, and I think that could have an effect around the world. You know, it's like expats are all over the place. And, yeah, I want some TT. I want to get some TT when I can get what I want. You know, and I think if we see that TT really starts to roll and expand, I can see that uh, maybe Americans will want to pick up on TT as well. We can hope. I think it's a very exciting time right now. Mm, sounds interesting. Also want to make a quick mention about the dispatch. Uh, that's going to be... Uh, 
out just before Christmas for what's it going to be? When's the first of first day of winter? The twentieth, twenty first. That's when it's going to be out for the general public, and of course subscribers will get it the week before that. So, but it might be a thin issue this season. There's um, well, I could always do more um, submissions, but uh, we're a bit uh, thin on the ground right now. So. Send us your articles on your layouts, please, to mmrdeditor at gmail.com. All right. So how's things going on your French model railway forum? (laughs) Oh, I got a funny story for you here. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've been using, as I said, I use uh, Google Translate to uh, write my posts on there on the French forum and uh, hmm, sometimes it works well and uh, others not so well you know I, I recently asked for advice on uh, the cardboard baseboards for micro layouts I mean this is a big thing in France actually for micro layouts in like HOE in the smaller scales they actually build their baseboards out of layers of corrugated cardboard and I thought, well, this is quite interesting. I want to find out more about that. So I posted on the uh, on the forum that I was looking for advice and information about building baseboards for micro layouts out of corrugated cardboard. Except um, Google translated baseboard as skirting board, mm-hmm. or or kickboard, or molding. You know, it's mm-hmm. like. Uh, so I was, I was, there was no surprise when I didn't get any replies to my post at all. It took an intervention from Francois Fontana, the uh, editor of Voix Libre. He said, Ian, what do you mean by whatever word I'd used to describe base? Because it means skirting board. And he's like, describe what skirting board was. It? Yeah, well, I'm not going to get any replies off, off that. So, you, so I've then discovered that in order to talk about baseboards on a French forum, you have to talk about plinths. So, okay, yeah. So if I ever ask any questions about baseboards on on the French forum, I can't use the word baseboard. I've got to use the word plinth. Yeah, because they're probably all thinking uh, cardboard, uh, you know, molding. Okay, (laughs) what are you talking about? Yes, that's yeah. Humorous, uh, humorous indeed. So. Oh yeah, I can't say two countries separated by a common language, can I? Because it's, it's like two true. totally different languages. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, that's you know, that's you, you're learning the system. So there mm-hmm, you go. Yeah. It's all part of the process. But uh, anyway, uh, anything else tonight before we wrap up? No, I don't think so. I'm looking forward to Train Fest this weekend, and uh, look for me reporting from train fest on my uh model railway facebook page and i might if i have time throw some stuff on the cartel page as well and don't forget the deadline for the build the last day to build will be november 30th and then on december 1st on the uh, cartel facebook group we will post the official entry form for those that uh, want to enter the contest and we'll have more details as that gets closer yeah, so um, are we are we going to be just like submitting like one photograph for this? Yeah, or? I think so. It's just easier to have one main photograph. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That we can vote on just just of the of the layout, 
And that way then in the, you know, we encourage everybody to post a separate from the official entry. They ain't free to post any of all their bill photos, but just the one photo they want to enter just, just to keep things simple. Yeah. And uh, no videos, just, just one photo of the layout. And then like I said, videos, if you want to submit those, submit those as a different post, but on the official entry, just need to submit one photo. And that way then the best and pick your best photo because the winner of the contest will have their photo uh, as the cover photo for the next year. So uh, that's that's one of the things we want to do with that. That's one of the prizes that we have for it. And um, we'll see about any other prizes uh, as we get closer to that. Mm-hmm. But anything else on that, Ian, before we wrap up? No, no. I think uh, I think you've answered my question there. So, yeah, well, we're all good. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to contact us at the following. You can email the show at microcartel at AOL.com. You can also comment at the podcast blog page, and you can find that at microcartel.blogspot.com. If you're on Facebook, be sure to join the Cartel Facebook group. Just search for the Micro Model Railroad Cartel group. Now, it's a private group, so you will have to join before viewing the group content. Please be sure to answer all three questions in order to join. If you only answer one or two, you will automatically be rejected because we have that automatically set up. You have to answer all three questions. So we encourage you to do that. We do that just so we don't get all the spam. If you have any questions, again, feel free to contact us on any of those things. We hope you enjoy this episode, and we will talk to you in December. Thank you for listening.